0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Isn't it amazing that a coach that's never been anything higher than a position coach at the college level was able to get more passion, more emotion, and more from these players than Brian Harson? Listen,
0: put me in the parking lot, you know, um, with Bears, and I'll go out there and play. It don't matter.
1: You are locked on Auburn, your daily podcast on the Auburn Tigers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Yes, welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. I'm your host Zach Black, and we Thank you so much for making Locked On Auburn your first listen every single day. It's the morning after. We are joined by Daryl Dapridge, as we are every Sunday morning, Montgomery Radio vet. And man, Daryl, it's real. I'm not huge on moral victories. I'm just not. Uh, But this one seems okay. To kind of point at, all right, Auburn really had no business being in this game. Uh, Double digit in some places. Um, Two touchdown underdogs. You're on the road in SEC play. You had to replace a coach and change everything on a Monday going into this game. There's a lot stacked against you. And what interim head coach Carnell Williams was able to do with this roster and with this team and with these individual players, extremely, extremely impressive despite the loss.
0: Yeah, I hope that I can find the right words to articulate this because for Auburn Nation right now, it's just, you know, and for those that watch and and listen to this podcast, normally you would say, what is so special about going on the road and almost beating a mid tier SEC West, maybe the fourth best team in the West, Mississippi State Bulldog team on the road. But you look at all the factors. You look at the way Auburn fell behind and looked like it was going to be ugly. You look yeah. at the fact that a really not a very good Arkansas team just boat raced Auburn at home a week ago. Look at the growth and the the gap that's been closed in a week by a position coach who just happens to give a rip and love Auburn and want what's best in all for Auburn and you can see how that passion, that love, that belief just trickles down to the players because then Auburn goes on the road against Mississippi State who's now 6 and 3 falls behind 22 and and very easily could have won that football game. So you're absolutely right in the open. That's what <laughs> Belief and effort, and I mean the emotion on the sideline. Just not keeping your arms crossed when people come off the field and acting angry about stuff that happens.
1: Yeah. Oh, and acknowledging your players, even like if they yes, field goal in overtime, they're greedy yep. and they feel loved on the sideline. Like
0: Jeremiah Wright, the the fifteen yard penalty for him just killing a man, which I don't mind. And again, let me just say this: he didn't hear the whistle because they don't enforce the cowbell rule. And I don't want to sound like sour grapes, but either enforce the rule or get rid of the rule. Because mm-hmm. there were many times Auburn was lining up with the line of scrimmage, and that's not why Auburn lost the game. So I don't want this to come across sour grapes. But, again, I'm just saying enforce it. And Jeremiah Wright kept saying, I didn't hear the whistle. I was playing to the whistle. What, is, what does Carnell Williams do? Pulls him over to the sideline, puts his arm around him, coaches him up. Tells him, hey, look, you know, you, you're, if you see people, I read his lips. He said, if you see people, see people stopping, then you got to stop. It, you know, it's, it's not just an audible situation. It's visual, too. So it goes to show you belief and love and passion and all that and caring about your players. Um,
1: it, they closed and, and, the gap. And, and, they and closed I'm, the gap so,
0: this week. I'm,
1: I'm sorry to cut you off again, David, no. but Another one was Robbie Ashford multiple times. It's been well documented. Everybody agrees that. His highs are really high. His lows are really low uh, emotionally, right? Right. And y- you didn't really see a whole lot of Harson consoling him and trying to build him up on the sideline. You saw that with, with Carnell. And um, that's why I mean,
0: he was able to make big plays in the fourth quarter on two consecutive drives that brought Auburn back both times to take the lead. The the Well, not only that, the runs that he had that brought Auburn yeah. back to get within striking distance – if Robbie Ashford sulks and is allowed to sulk on the sideline and yeah. gets disengaged because he has a head coach who would rather w- worries about Mexico than coach in Auburn, then he doesn't come back and bounce back like that. It take Bigsby lit him up at one point on the mm-hmm. field for a read option, misread, and Robbie Ashford wore it, came out there. The, the players, other than Anders Carlson, kept coming back and performing post-mistakes. They learned from it, got coached up. And they kept coming back. And so, really, again, you, you look at – it's night and day. I'm not into moral victories either, but uh, a couple – this is why I've, I say that if Auburn would have pulled the plug earlier, I would have loved to seen what Cadillac Williams could have done with this team for nine games as yeah. opposed to four with this belief and how this team fought for him tonight.
1: I was pretty uh, I was pretty in the camp of keep him towards the end of the season. Uh, Saturday proved that I was wrong. Yeah, and, and all the folks who said no, get him out. It's worth potentially losing guys to the portal. It's worth potentially, you know, paying more money in the buyout and all that. All the folks who said that were absolutely right because, because look, look at, at this. You, yeah, go you, ahead. You probably beat LSU. Yeah, just beat Alabama. Who's going to be like mm-hmm. a top five team? Maybe it's going to be crazy. Um, you you definitely beat Missouri. Uh, that's probably the game where it would have happened. Um, after that game, and so then it's like maybe you perform better against Arkansas. I don't know. Just I, I think the I think the season develops differently if that's the case. So yeah, it does. I think you're one hundred percent correct.
0: And think about this: If Auburn was able to to pull that out last night, the improbable comeback and the way they fought, it would have been. There would have never been a sweeter victory in a season where you're just fighting to get to five hundred, with all the wonderful Auburn victories and Auburn folklore. That would have raked right up there with him. And all you're doing is beating a five and four Mississippi State team on the road. But the implications of that win would have tricked. Because here's what could have happened: I just believe in momentum. I believe in belief and snowballing. And I think if Auburn wins that game last night, I still like their chances against A&M and Western Kentucky with what I saw last night. But let's say Auburn does win that game last night. They beat A&M. They beat Western Kentucky. They're in a bowl game. I mean, who would have thought that with this dumpster fire that just happened last week against Arkansas? That's how close. Razor thin. Belief, passion, and then execution. Auburn did everything. They checked all the boxes tonight except executing things that they needed to execute in opportune times down the stretch that would have given them the victory.
1: Robbie Ashford's going
0: to be a good player by the time he leaves here. If he gets the right coaching and the right play calling to fit his special skill set, because it can't get worse. It can't you, you live and die with him. His highs are are as high as you can get. Like you said, His
1: lows, you're shaking your head and going, what in the world are we watching? And then the next thing... You got to think after a full offseason of being having starting experience, that stabilizes. It
0: has to. Yeah, and I think coaching helps that. I think you get a guy in here to work with him in the offseason, mentally and physically. And then, again, we don't know schematically what somebody that's a wizard calling plays could do to call plays for him. I know that Lane Kiffin made Blake Sims look good. And Blake Sim was, Sims was about as average a quarterback. Blake Sims couldn't carry Robbie Ashford's helmet off the field the year that he tried to play at Alabama. Lane Kiffin comes in yeah. and is a quarterback whisperer and makes him look good. And he he makes other quarterbacks. I mean, Matt Corral was not good until Lane Kiffin. I mean, he was he lost the job to Plumlee, right? Yeah. So th- that's what I'm saying. If it's you Freeze, if it's Lane Kiffin, whoever it is, the right coach can really upgrade from from a playing-calling standpoint, and put his unique skill set in a position because you're going to have tape on him and you're going to know what he does well and what the heck to stay away from.
1: All right. In just a second, Daryl, I'm going to do something else that I don't like doing, mm-hmm. and it's highlighting certain plays of the game and saying, you know, what if. Yeah. And also, let's ask the question, do you have to keep Carnell Williams on staff? I, I, let's touch on both of those things in just a moment right here on Locked on Auburn. Hey, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you have to do is go to linkedin.com slash Locked on College. Post your job for free and you can find folks that can help you and your small business, or business of any size, make more money, be more efficient, and also fit that company culture. Once again, LinkedIn.com slash college. It's LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, especially during March. Your eyes are on the road, but the driver in front of you has both eyes on their bracket. What
0: really? There's three plays. Three plays is what I identified when I got done watching that game that I could pinpoint and say if 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 any of the three uh, happened, that game could have turned out differently. Now the third would have just extended the game. Two of the three might have ended the game. So, you know, it might have, might have. Again, you don't know how the game plays out, but when you look back on them, these three plays loom large, in my opinion. The the,
1: the first one, chronologically, I, I think we'll both agree on this, is, is the fourth down. Missouri, uh, Mississippi State on fourth down. That ball clearly touched the ground. The fact that it was called a catch on the field makes it tougher to overturn. Uh, I was watching it w- w- with my neighbor, Marcus, um, supporter of the show shout out shout, shout out Marcus i hear shout you shout out Marcus absolutely but he uh yeah i mean we, we were talking about that it's like uh, is it enough is it enough to overturn and i actually thought it was i actually thought it was uh i tried to be as objective as possible watching it it clearly touched the ground and he was able to catch it because it touched the ground and that 9 times out of 10 that's uh that's called incomplete but uh it, it was not last night
0: Uh, Jordan Rogers, the analyst that did the game two or three times right out of the gate, said, ooh, ooh, that ball hit the ground. That ball hit the ground. Then they showed another view, and he said, well, did he have his hands underneath it? So he believed at the end of all the different views and the delay, he believed that it touched the ground, but there wasn't enough camera angles or conclusive clear evidence to overturn it. It's just like anything else. If that ball would have been ruled right out of the gate, no catch. Then after review, it would have re- it remained no catch. So there wasn't anything that conclusive. But let's let's reset this. If if Auburn, if that's called no no catch, Auburn gets the ball first and ten with a little bit over four minutes to go. Uh, what up up three? No, they were yeah they would have been up three at that t- at that point. Up three, yeah. up three, and would have had the ball at what Mississippi State's forty yard line. So, a couple first down, I mean, it completely changes the complexion of, of the game. You have a chance to put the game away with the way Auburn was running the football. I mean, they rushed it for 256
1: yards. Right. I mean, it's brutal. That is absolutely brutal. All right. What do you think the second one is? Well, the face mask after Auburn goes up.
0: Uh, actually, that, that play, let me take that back. That play that, yeah, that Mississippi State went down and scored after that fourth down conversion. Right. to take the lead, and then did not get the two-point. And then Auburn came back, scored, and got the two-point conversion to go up 33-30 right. to 30 with right. about a minute 15 left to go. Um, then right after that, after that, Anders Carlson tries to squib it, uh, only gets it to the 35 where Auburn does a pretty good job of kick coverage and tackles the guy. And then Sean Jackson gets called for a face mask which is a 15-yard penalty and brings the ball right to midfield with a minute 11 to go. And all you got to do is really get 25 yards and you're in field goal range. And that's what Mississippi State did. Now, would they have called plays differently if they were starting at the 35 and not the 50? Who knows? But I know that 15 yards loomed large when the kicker, the transfer from Coastal Carolina, squeaked it in over the crossbar and would have been only good from about 46. So, and we saw what he did right before the end of the game. He was he was way short on a 54-yarder. Yeah, so those 15 right. yards ended up being huge. If you don't give away those 15 yards, Mississippi State might not have been in a position to kick the game-time field goal.
1: Then the, the DPI in overtime is ridiculous to me.
0: That wasn't catchable. I don't think that was a catchable ball. I think it was – I went back and looked a couple times, and it looked seven yards – Seven yards out of
1: bounds. Th- that, so unless that, that guy that, can get up that high, I, I you know th- that's not catchable. Yeah, that is never called in that situation. In overtime, you never see that called. And, and also, I, I don't think it really matters. I'm with you. It wasn't catchable, and I think J.D. Rim did a good job in coverage. That that to me, was except except he didn't turn
0: his head around. That was I mean he he did face guard and kind of push, but still. That's that doesn't matter if you face guard, if you, if you, if you, uh, you know, bear hug the dude and the ball's not catchable unless you're holding him out of his break. you can't make that, you know, you, you, that's, that's uncatchable. It shouldn't be defensive pass interference. So, right. you know, again, I don't know how that would have worked out. They were on the 20 yard line anyway. Um, that was second down. Who knows? Uh, that, that's not as, I just think that that extends the game. I think Mississippi State, you know, runs a slant on us and gets inside the 10. Who knows at that point? Uh, But, you know, I I would say this. I would say that Auburn's defense did everything that it had to do tonight for Auburn to win that game. Look at how turnovers, pressure, five sacks, the long sustained period that looked eerily similar to what Auburn went through last year at Jordan-Hare against Mississippi State, where Mississippi State didn't score. Fumble, punt, turnover on downs. Drops. Up. I mean, Auburn's defense for a long stretch, and then guess what happened? The offense said, "Okay, we got your back," and they started scoring in that stretch. So, other than I think special teams let Auburn down. Look at the kickoff return; how big that looks now mm-hmm. that, that that Mississippi State got for a touchdown. Not being able to kick the ball in the end zone, missing a field goal in overtime. Uh, you know that play that that was the, obviously the dagger. That was the third play that I had earmarked as as a turning point in the game.
1: So the the reason I don't. Have that one is because Mississippi State scored a touchdown anyway, so like even they, if they did. made it, it, it wouldn't have. Mattered. But would the
0: play calling have been different if if sure. if they were down if they were down three instead of tied? I, I don't know. It's hard to kind of impossible to uh, say. Yeah. All I know is it made it a lot more easier for Mississippi State to win the game when he missed the the field goal and and you know again his kicks aren't getting in the end zone and 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 that kind of thing. And so I, I, it's special teams other than punting is killing Auburn kick coverage all that kind of stuff. And then the penalties, 14 penalties to five. Again, head scratching, if you know what I mean. But still, uh, you you kind of clean Offsides that up a little bit. Offsides both sides of the ball. Offsides, both sides of the ball. You clean that up a little bit and quit getting behind the chains. I mean, 14 penalties to five, even if it's just nine to six. Yeah, who sure. knows how that game turns out. So Auburn's got it. But uh, everything else they did, the personnel groupings. I, I, I mean, to see Dylan Brooks – and Jeffrey Imba in there and making an impact goes Huge to play. show goes to show you how inept the previous staff was. Because those guys, without Emba and Brooks, Auburn isn't in a position to win that game late. Like they, they turned that, they flipped ball, the and then Wooden did, did a good job. I mean, they really flipped. I think with not only playing those guys, did they make plays on the field, they kept Hall. And Colby and those guys a little more fresh, right? Because they got reps.
1: No question about it. And then also what they did on the back end. Because they kind of had to. Donovan Kaufman didn't play. And then Zion Puckett was out very early. And it's like, oh, my gosh, they're going to run out of safeties. And you saw Jalen Simpson in the middle of the field. A ton playing yep. safety. He got, he got a, a good pick. Yep, he got a great pick. Love Bridges that from played- my guy
0: Jalen. Bridges played yep. well and that, and JD Rim, other than that, man, as a freshman played really good. You know, did you notice the corners up on the line of scrimmage a little bit more, playing a little yes. more press man lockdown? I like until that, that last
1: drive. Until, until
0: that last drive, drive. and they went prevent. I'm like, here we go, you yep. know, because but they were more physical. And you know uh, what, I DB, think,
1: like you never heard from, they just didn't say his name. Um,
0: DJ well, I James. Didn't, yeah, DJ James, I watched him, but they didn't That's say his important. name. It, Yeah, he is. He he shut that, and he did a. They they thought they were going to call him for pass interference. They did a good job of picking the flag up on that. That was not pass interference, and so uh, they originally threw the flag, and then they picked it up on him.
1: He is is so good. The way they managed him has been so one of the few things season long has been like. Yes. Guess
0: what? Other guess what? Other position group played better on defense tonight. (sighs) The linebackers. The linebackers played better. So
1: I don't know if I agree with that.
0: The baseline was piss poor so of course they played better i mean i'm just being honest i mean if they played better they filled the gaps a little bit better they tackled at the second level they, so, they were the they were the weakest of the three groupings sure, but, but they still be, right. but they still played better than they did under the harson era
1: the first few plays they threw right at wesley steiner and then the mm-hmm. third play they ran at wesley steiner and then cam riley started playing more so yes exactly <laughs> so. yes well, uh, and then a, a ton of uh, walk ons, or I guess former walk ons now. So I think they're all, all in scholarship now, but a um, lot of linebackers played, a lot more rotation there. And I thought those guys looked just as good, if not better, at the linebacker spot. Did you? Yeah. So, uh, Barton I, I Lester. Yeah. Jake yeah.
0: those guys. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, they look like they belong out there. Mm-hmm. So, so good for them good for them but they did I think and I you know there was a, it was a
0: situation that I think of course you have nothing to lose at this point when you're the interim coach and you're this you're, you're playing with house money but you also probably sat on the sidelines and watched your defense get gassed and thought we got to substitute we got to get we got to play more bodies and when that particular position group didn't have to answer anybody I mean obviously you you know that Cadillac just was not a micromanager. He just let all those coaches do everything that they wanted to do from a personnel standpoint, from a rep standpoint, and he just managed things. And so Christian Robinson probably played more guys because of that. Uh, Zach Etheridge in the, in the secondary had to do some things. That's the first time we saw Sean Jackson uh, right. in some heavy heavy sets, you know, fullback. He did a good job picking up the blitz a couple of times. I noticed that in goal line situations. So,
1: Yep. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. I want to encourage you to join the Locked On Auburn Discord? It is free. All you have to do is click the link in the episode description down below. Whether you're watching or listening, the link will be there. Be sure to check it out. Um, throughout this game, Daryl, the camera was on Caddy a ton, rightfully so with the energy. I mean, it was good television. Did it go to him and like you asked yourself the question like? is Caddy really the head coach? Like It was such a cool, surreal-type scene. Uh, and it even was for him, too. I, I still don't really feel like it's registered to him either. Um, but did you kind of catch yourself kind of thinking like, man, this is this is really interesting that this is happening?
0: Yeah, I think I did. I mean, I, I noticed, you know, it, it's nice to – I mean, I hate to say this because I, I feel like – The AU and the logo is more important than any one person. And I never, ever, ever pulled against Auburn, even in the Harson era. But it was nice to pull for a coach emotionally and want to see them do well and care about them and and get emotional. I'm going to tell you something. Not only did the coaching staff come leaps and bounds in one week, Whoever got a hold of their social media department over the last week and the video people, they finally got it right, too. The, the I Believe video that, oh that everyone was retweeting, if you didn't get emotional about that, and, and when the last picture is Caddy putting the hat on and Cadillac. So it, it the emotional ties to so, the so, team came back tonight.
1: So and, over, and that
0: was because of Cadillac.
1: Right. So most of that video, though... Was already used that that was Correct. the same video that they used for um, signing day, right? Um, but the end was changed with Caddy, which was super super cool. So I, I just saw a few folks thought that that was original. No, that, it was, was it crazy.
0: was it, I liked it when they did it. at, the, at the, you know during signing day. I guess um, when we
1: still believed in what he was saying. Exactly, I was going to get all these kids to the NFL, and it's like well, I don't know. That,
0: that's why I think that. I, I, I think that we're, now.
1: No, I don't. I
0: mean, the only the, the, I can look back and say the only thing I really looked at and, and went on signing day that Harson did well was he when he did the mock like the NFL draft, draft when he went to the went to, went to the podium. That it was, was it. I mean, other they awesome. need to they need to copy that and that yeah. everything else throw throw out the window. But right. I think you look at, at him and and Cadillac's connection to Auburn and his passion for Auburn and any new head coach that comes in and the and the way those players obviously love him and endear to him that you just need to go ahead
1: and and he needs to have a spot on any future staff in my opinion Uh, i'm there with you i'm there with you he needs to be auburn's running backs coach until he doesn't want to be anymore
0: yeah he loves auburn it's clear that he does he he wore that tonight Mm -hmm. and tried to do whatever he could just for auburn nation to 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 heal some wounds and to be a salve for those wounds and the players responded the I love the hype stuff. I loved how he was on the sidelines, keeping them hyped up and all that kind of thing. So the fact that there's that emotional connection, it needs to stay going into whatever new regime comes on board.
1: I'm there with you. I'm there with you. The, some of the happenings in college football yesterday, and we talked about this over the past few weeks, right? With like what Tennessee has done in the second year under Hypel, their, their path to the college football playoff gets significantly tougher after getting beat by Georgia. But other things that happened throughout college football yesterday, I think needs to give fans hope, right? Cause there's so many, there's a big chunk of the Auburn fan base that I believe mistakenly thinks that like there's, there's a chance this is like going to be a three or four year thing. It doesn't have to be right. I mean, you saw Hugh freeze who I, I think is on the short list. I don't know if he's an actual candidate, but it's rumored that he is. Vegas seems to think that he'll be Auburn's next head coach. He beat Liberty or, I'm sorry, at Liberty, he beat Arkansas, yeah. a team that, that Auburn couldn't beat with their current roster, and he did it with Liberty's roster. So, I mean, that's something where it's like, okay, you know, Auburn's roster is better than Liberty's right now, and so if you if Freeze comes in, could he do something like that? A little different. It's that team's Super Bowl, right? So, I mean, emotions are a different thing. It's not perfect comparisons, but that's something that I think you can kind of circle and say that's something for the future. Um, and then also... What happened in Baton Rouge yesterday, mm-hmm. right? And, and I know Auburn folks love to see Alabama lose, and, and that's great. But what you need to be paying attention to is a first-year coach beating Alabama at home with a roster that he is slowly building over the course of the season, and now they're a solid top-ten team. Oh, yeah, and whoever Auburn's ex-head coach is, they get Alabama and Georgia at home in their first year next year. So yeah, all y- of these it- things are, are things you should hold on to and say, hey, Hope. This trend of hope. Let's keep it going.
0: Yeah, Alburn's not that far away, not in this day and age of college football. Not and I'll say this because look at how how average the SEC West has become. I mean, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Auburn, Texas AM, you know, Ole Miss and Alabama and LSU have kind of separated. Well, Alabama's falling back down into third. That's right. And and I I get it. I mean, it, it you you can turn it around rather quickly. LSU, the last two years, was kind of in the desert. In the wilderness, like Auburn is, right? I mean, they or starting in in twenty twenty, there was a slide, the COVID year when they they didn't even decide to go to a bowl game, and they're like, we're not going. They could, they, they had a losing record, and they still could have went. They said, no, we're not going. Last year, what happened there, right? So LSU was definitely now they everyone says, well, that's because, but LSU still have the bodies, they still have the players, they still have the talent because of recruiting. Okay, I get that. But look, it's a new age in college football. If Auburn's going to have to go out, if Auburn has to go out and the new coach says, you know what, we need 20 guys in the portal, that's what it'll take. And it's it's going to have to be a guy, though, that people are excited about to come out of the, into the, out of the portal to Auburn. A good recruiting class and about 20 guys in the portal and the existing core that hung on, that's got some talent, you can get this thing turned around pretty quickly. You're not going to go from this year to – like Gus did in 2012, that was an anomaly where he goes from, like, a horrible SEC team to playing for a national championship. But you could turn around real quickly and win eight games and go to a nice bowl game
1: uh, next yeah. year. I, I think that needs to be the goal. I think yeah. it needs to be the goal. And, and then just start building. Expectation. Yeah. yeah,
0: all Auburn, all Auburn f- people want to see is improvement and hope, for a reason to hope, and see that you're you're building something and it's it's trending upward in the right direction. And guess what? For the first time – I don't care. I'm going to go ahead and say this. People can disagree with me. I'm not, you know, absolutely exaggerating or being dramatic. For the first time since the second half against Mississippi State, I feel like Auburn's program trended upwards from one point of the season to the next. From last week to this week, Auburn is improving, and you can see marked steps as far as them trending upwards. Now, where that goes the rest of the year, I don't know. Right. But Auburn's in a better place right now, football wise, than they were a week ago. And I think that's all people want to see is marked progress.
1: That's right. That's right. And um, yeah, that, that coaching change was huge. There's no question about it. Daryl, thank you so much for your time. As always, we will do this again. Monday night, Monday a little, night. Well, a little basketball
0: action. Yeah, you guys. Uh, anyone can follow me down there at at DAP sixty four ten. And then for those in the Auburn Opelika area, area, I'm on with Ben Taylor on Monday mornings from seven ten to about seven thirty on Good Morning Auburn Opelika. Your old stopping grounds on That's WANI. Right. So a little, a little. They call it the Double D Sports uh, segment. So we have a good, we have a good time on Monday mornings.
1: Yep, yep, absolutely. Yeah, that is my former show. So I'm glad, I'm glad you're stopping by there. Good folks. Over there. You can find all my written work at auburndaily.com. We'll see you next time right here on Locked On Auburn. A hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.